Thanks for using my misery to make a point. I'm gonna go back to standing vigilantly over your mom's frozen body. Bye. <laughs> What's up, Internet? You're listening to episode 12 of the Series 6 podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm RD. And I'm Jay. Get ready to engage your hyperdrive. Or not so hyper. This time around, what was that? Or not so hyperdrives. Okay. Are you feeling a little deflated? Cynical, actually. Why is that? Nope, nope, nope. Okay, okay, I see that. We'll get there. Yes, I know what you're getting at. Yes, you do. All right, this time around, we'll be reviewing episode 12, titled Tuned Up. But before getting into that, Jay, yep, we've got some feedback. Uh-oh. I'm going to abbreviate our feedback today. We're doing an express episode. Yep. There's not enough time to do everything that needs doing. And after watching Tuned Up, I feel like I need a palate cleanser. So after we record this, <laughs> I'm going to go back and rewatch Mistwalker 10 or 12 times. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I liked Miss Walker, man. I did. <laughs> it was better. We're going to delve into this discussion a little bit later. So, um, between Rabbi Bob and the Beta Mountain Twitter account, mm-hmm. we've got some info about a few things. Uh-oh. Along with confirmation uh, that Longshot was not a space station. I, I know you yeah. saw that. Uh, you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. He tweeted okay, me directly, yeah. but yeah. See, funny, uh, man. I, I knew it was going to show up. So, it's confirmed. Time. Yep. Betamountain.org said so, so it's confirmed. I stand corrected. Also, there's a new section on Betamountain.org that keeps track of the names that we've given to characters and creatures on the show. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a chart kind of thing, complete with images. He did a great job, man. It tells you the first episode appearance, <laughs> where we uh, renamed the character. I know, eyebrow. The various names we've, we've bestowed upon them. <laughs> and it, it's pretty hilarious. It is, man. It made me happy. I'm like in the supermarket dying. <laughs> People looking at me like, what's so funny about produce? <laughs> That's great, though. Uh, so some not-so-happy info also came to my attention, thanks to MVP Rabbi Bob. It turns out that Brian Daly, the writer of the previous episode, MindNet, yep. passed away in 1996. It's always a terribly sad thing when a person is taken from us before their time. He died pretty young, um, especially if it's somebody that we admire. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's not cool. Brian Daly's impressive body of work gave us a tiny bit of consolation because through it, his enormous talent and unique voice live on. He was an accomplished sci-fi writer, not just on Galaxy Rangers, but before and after the show as well. Like he did some Star Wars radio plays and stuff like that. Very impressive. Good stuff. But one particular bit of his writing put a lump in my throat, and it was neither sigh nor fi. Like, he knew his time was short, and he wrote a farewell letter to his fans, friends, and loved ones. This letter remains online, and uh, MVP pointed me to it. Man, that letter made me want to punch a brick wall, eat a raw steak, and then ride off on a loud motorcycle. Wow. But yeah, although I already appreciated it, I have a new appreciation for his writing. And uh, I look forward to reviewing the remaining three episodes he wrote. So a big posthumous thanks to Brian Daly for all the excellent writing he put into the world. We hope to do his episodes justice. Uh, We got some follow-up feedback, Jay. Okay, is it more correcting me about what I did or said wrong? Wolf RJ wanted us to know that he actually did subscribe to us on iTunes. Okay, good, good. So he completed the requirements for the upper tier version of our promise. Uh Uh-oh. Unfortunately... 
He has no bullies for us to beat down. Dang, man. No, I've been waiting. Look, to, you don't understand, man. All bad for you. Good for his childhood, though. I guess, man. <laughs> I guess. All these years of martial arts and nothing to do with it. <laughs> you could do like fight club just go around and pick a fight you know i get invited to one of those oh really for real yeah student from a friend of mine's school was like can you come down sensei you guys wearing safety gear he's like yeah if it's only ten dollars you can't compete though you'd be like a professional in this spot that's right i'm not competing i was like and if i'm fighting with anybody it's for real it, hold on it's it's ten bucks to get punched in the face without <laughs> without protective gear no they have protective gear they have headgear and hand gear Okay. It's just a bunch of dudes throwing their hands around, really. All right. It was funny. But the fact that those things happen, listeners, do not go find these. <laughs> Please do not go find these. It's stupid. So, um, Wolf RJ also says that nudes are not required. And both nudes and not are spelled with a K. <laughs> yeah, clever dude, this Wolf RJ character. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, he enjoyed hearing about Mask, Pole Position, and Star Chaser. Won't be the last time we mention those titles, that's for sure. All right. I like that he was happy about Star Chaser, though. Yeah. He's happy that somebody else knew about Star Chaser. I'm familiar with Star Chaser, so it didn't really seem that weird to me. We always talk about it. But uh, it must be one of those hidden gems. Actually, this is, like, unrelated, but... um, Okay. I have been... You know that Ready Player One just hit theaters, right? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I never read the book, but I'm actually right now in the middle of listening to the audiobook. Okay. It's like 16 hours. Okay. But man, it is a dope listen. Okay. I'm, I'm getting it tomorrow. It's, it's read by Will Wheaton. Good. And he's actually one of the many people, like, because the whole story revolves around 80s pop culture. Right. Will Wheaton is, a, you know, he's an icon of 80s pop culture. Right. And he's actually referenced in it, so he names himself. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. You know, Little Jay went to see this with his buddies. Yeah? On Friday, yeah. He, he was came back just talking stuff about it. I was like, okay. From what I've heard in the book, the movie's got to be dope. Some of the stuff he described, mm -hmm. yes. It sounds like it's going to be fun watch i have a topic jay okay what's the topic tropic again nice tropic <laughs> scared of who <laughs> scared of you <laughs> <coughs> okay I'm, I'm dying now uh so we had slash have a predilection towards um a specific type of animated shows like action adventure kind of stuff that's true however those kinds of cartoons weren't always available for us to watch at all times right like sometimes the only cartoons available to watch were aimed at a different demographic <laughs> i would even dare to say that they were meant for a younger and sometimes a more female viewer that brings me to my question can you name three cutesy cartoons that you were guilty of watching when the good shows weren't on three. Oh man three um yes i think i can you can't use she-ra what that wasn't even a cutesy cartoon either no, it wasn't. It that wasn't. was like for pubescent boys and girls who liked the toys. But they had their Prince Charming kind of dude in that one as well. He drove me nuts, man. That dude. He had a curly mustache, am I right? Yeah, he irked me, man. His name was Bo. His name was Sir Pringles. Something. You're a guy that hangs with a bunch of girls. Hmm. Are you that friend? He was a slick guy. He would try to be, but he got nothing always. He never got... <laughs> They kept him around just because he was entertaining, I swear. But there was one guy that did get over. He's the pirate guy. You remember him? No. Dude, I never watched She-Ra. Oh, man. You <laughs> see? See? I won't mention She-Ra then. 
Because <laughs> I would watch Shira because it came on before He Man. Yes. So anyway, my three. Um, I'm gonna go with Rainbow Bright. Okay. That was one. I can't remember what came on before it. Strawberry Shortcake. No, no. Oh man, I didn't, I didn't mention that one. <laughs> that was in there though. Oh, what was the other one? There was another one. Oh, Popples. Remember those guys? Yeah. They would come on right before Ulysses. I never saw you. Ulysses used to come on? Yeah. What? You never saw the cartoon? No. When they went space? Get out. Yeah, man. Sunday mornings. You know what? I never saw Ulysses. A friend of mine from a different part of the world yeah. was telling me, yeah, Ulysses, that was a great show in the 80s. I'm like, what? I never heard of that. It was, man. I watched it. Okay. Yeah, you and Vicor, though, man. I didn't see it until like a, like a year ago. All right, that's enough of Vitor, right? <laughs> After seeing it, I was like, wait, okay. Yeah, okay. It was garbage, okay? Okay, but Popples will come on first, and I watched Popples waiting to see Ulysses. And then, um, um, what was the other one? All right, it was Rainbow Bright. Yep. Popples. Popples. I got another one. Um, um, Pawpaw Bears. What? No idea, huh? You got to look it up. No. It's a Hanna-Barbera thing, man. I will not be looking that up. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, man. It was good. I thought it was good. So it came on before, um... Galtar. I knew it. You forced yourself to enjoy them. No, it came up before Galtar. It was in between Galtar and um, Sky Commanders. What was Galtar? Galtar, the guy with the golden lance. It was like the little lance. The blades would come out and shoot like lightning bolts and stuff. It was um, Hanna Barbera, kind of a Thunder Barbarian type approach to things. It was a guy. He had a mythological weapon, Galtar and the golden lance. Got to look okay. it up. I thought the art was pretty good. The story was kind of good. The weapon was... Every episode, he had to use a weapon at least once. Okay. He'd pull the lance out, you know, and do some pretty amazing stuff. Was this one of those shows that had characters designed by Jack Kirby? Um, I don't know. Thundar, Herculoids, those were Jack Kirby-designed characters. Well, Thundar wasn't Hannah Barbera. Thundar was Hannah Barbera, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was Ruby and Spear. I got to look this up. Yeah, me too. I must, I must me confirm too. all this. Me too. I, I have to look up to be sure. I'm kind of... I'm, Fairly certain, but I'm I'm thinking it wasn't him. I think it was Ruby and Spear. So those are the ones I'm talking about. There's another one in there, but I'm not. Just name them again. Just rattle them off. Okay, Rainbow Bright. Yep. Popples and Pawpaw Bears. Okay. And Thunder is not in a bear. All right. All right. Here's my list, man. Okay. I'm just gonna throw them out there, and we're gonna move on. Okay. Uh, Shirt Tails. Oh, no, yes, yes. I like that show. <laughs> Shirt Tales, it was this group of animals. They all had T-shirts, and their T-shirts, the text on the shirt would change depending on what the situation is, right? Right, right. And then it was like, you know, they get a Shirt Tale alert. It would, like, kind of bleep. I think the tigers, tiger wings would beep. <laughs> and uh, one of them was an orangutan. Yeah. Bogey. Yeah, Bogey. And he talked like uh, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Shrihat. The tiger was my favorite because he was fast. All right, uh, so next one up is Snorks. Snorks. Oh, man, that's right. Snorks are like underwater Smurfs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you know which one I forgot? But it wasn't a cutesy. Care Bears? No, go on. <laughs> but go on, man. Monchichi. Monchichi. That was the other one I didn't want to mention. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch that too, man. Were those the little guys that, like, they had, like, these little toys that you attach them to your pencil? They'd hug your pencil? Yeah. That was them, right? Yeah, they developed a show where they like had each unique characters and used their tails, and one ate a lot, and one hang hung from the tree and stuff. But you know which one I think should get honorable mention is Gummy Bears. Really. Yeah, it wasn't cutesy as as these other ones you're talking about. Oh yes, it was. 
<laughs> gummy bears was good, man. I I love the whole mystical, mythological race of talking bear creatures running around the woods doing stuff. This song gives the entire plot of the show. I showed my kids. I think I bought like the first season for my kids when they were younger. They loved it. They were all in. Yeah, I mean, Disney knew how to market to kids. They did. Those shows, like, they really captured a kid's imagination. Yep. And certain older kids, too. Was fine. Mm, not this older kid. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> you know you watch DuckTales and Chippendale and Darkwing Duck. Reluctantly, man. Programming had gotten really soft by that point. Granted, I think Galaxy Rainbow's guys were on when the Disney afternoon happened. Yes, the action-adventure genre. Mm-hmm. Of cartoons. Galaxy Raiders was like the death rattle. It was like the last gasp (laughs) (laughs) for that type of show. I mean, they didn't really have that many action-adventure shows. No, man. You're right. You're right. By that point. Transformers was canceled. G.I. Joe got... Oh, my goodness. It got kneecapped. It got something. (laughs) When they did that... When they did the second version of G.I. Joe, it was like, what What? what did they do? What happened? There were tons of other ones they were trying. Dino saucers and... Denver, the last dinosaur. Denver, I hated Denver. But the thing is, Denver was World Event Productions, which was the people that brought us Voltron. Isn't that crazy? So they fell off. They jumped on some <laughs> American bandwagon, but it's the same era. Captain Planet came out, and I mean, Dinosaurs was better than Denver. I'm sorry, it was. Okay. But it was always like every show was trying to involve the kids. That was always the case, though. They always had every single show you could think of had a kid for the viewing audience to relate to. Like, all right, Mask had the little kid Scott Tracker, I think. He was a little jerk who, like, kept getting in trouble. Him and T-Bob. It's always a kid that has to be involved somehow. And if being involved means he's the one that prompts the team into action because he gets in trouble, then so be it. You know what? He didn't always probably, like the team was going off on missions and he would just have him and stupid T-Bob were just getting the nonsense. Yeah. Sometimes they would do their own like side mission, right? Like their B-plot. Yep. True. That's true. But there were only certain shows that did that. Bravestar didn't have some kid that got into trouble. Yeah, you're right. He-Man kind of had Orko occasionally. But Orko was the little cute character for the kids. Yeah, Orko had his moments. Transformers had first Spike. Yep. Which was actually forgivable because Spike was like a 16-year-old. Spike and Bumblebee were like both the kids in the crew that was like going out and exploring the world. Yeah, if you're a little kid watching Transformers, Spike is like your cool big brother. You wish you could be him. Yeah. When they got to season three and it was Daniel, it was like, oh. They always did that. They always had like the little kid. Uh, sure. There was a few. Thundercats had Kit and Cat. Yep. Although, have you seen all the new ones? Yeah, that one season of the new Thundercats. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, I think it was like. 2009 or 2010. Little Jay watches it all the time. Made me sad because, like, the show ended, man. I think it was about money, as usual. If a cartoon's toy line doesn't sell well, mm-hmm. then they cancel it. Especially if Cartoon Network is pretty ruthless about their shows. Yeah, it's true. So you got Monchichi's. Yeah, Shirt Tales, Snorks, and Monchichi. There you go. Okay, good deal. I feel like Monchichi's came on right after Mighty Orbots. Um, I think you're right, man. They might be. They might have been on the same channel. They were. They definitely were on ABC. And Rubik's, Rubik's Cube came on after that. And the Menudo cartoon. They <laughs> <laughs> had to put it in there. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so messed up. Oh. It's amazing that that kid grew up to be the She Bangs guy. No kidding. Isn't it crazy? Okay, back to this. Let's see. We're totally distracted. <laughs> All right. Let's prepare to get tuned up. This episode aired on October 20th, 1986. It was written by John Rawlins. 
John Rollins wrote a blog some years ago where he made a strong case in favor of Buzzwang. And seeing as this is a Buzzwang heavy episode, I'm going to try to approach it with an open mind. I admit that I have a baked in bias against the silly whimsical episodes, but I'll do my best here to be fair. So this is tuned up and uh, Jay, do you have anything to say before we start? Trying really hard not to um, <laughs> say say anything disparaging about Buzzway. No, no, his name alone says it. <laughs> just get into it. Oh, we'll yeah, we will it. get into it. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is tuned up, and it's starting now. It starts off with a hyperlight transport landing at Beta Mountain. The Beta personnel tell us that it's full of lifeless alien artifacts from the empty zone. And the destination of those artifacts is Q-Ball's lab. Cue the ominous music as one of the items lights up with an eerie glow. In the facility, you've got Little Zack and Buzzwang playing a game of chess. GV is advising Buzzwang, which doesn't really seem fair. It makes no sense. Little Zack must be like a chess prodigy. He's playing chess against two computer minds. Right. You're like, uh-uh. Oh, like shut your pie hole. <laughs> GV, you stay out of this. You but Zach doesn't care. Cheating eyeball. Anyways, Buzzwang is bummed out about not being a Galaxy Ranger. Little Zach consoles him by saying that his father, Zach, is half machine. Just then, Zach calls and says, Hey, son, thanks for using my misery to make a point. Okay, nice talking to you. I'm going to go back to standing vigilantly over your mom's frozen body. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so, if i had saw the episode that way i'd be totally less bummed about it so cue ball comes in and buzzwing jumps to his feet oh, uh, buzzwing stands erect never mind oh <laughs> uh, yeah buzzwing jumps to his feet cue ball says that he spoke to handlebars and that buzzwing can't be a ranger that being a ranger must be earned buzzwing says that's some bullshit. It's because I'm mechanical. Cubo says, hey, man, it is what it is. Have you tried, like, not being so mechanical? Anyway, um... Wait, so... <laughs> go ahead. Did you notice how, like, this is the first time you ever see Cubo with his eyeglasses up, dude? I think it might be the first time we actually hear him speak. We heard him speak early on. He said a couple things here and there, but not so much. But, um, you get to see he has no eyebrows. Cubo has no eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He's like the polar opposite of Zack. He is. He is a complete wimp. He is. <laughs> and kind of a cornball. And not sure you're happy. Yeah, well, he's not that douchey either. No, he's not. Buzz Wang's voice, I think his voice was the guy who did Garfield. Really? I think so. He sounds like it in certain moments. I'm like, uh, certain things, certain affects in his voice. I'm like, I don't know. He has like a nasally thing. It's like a real nerdy thing. <laughs> I can't stand this guy. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. He's like, Zach, I want to be, I want to be. I'm like, Hold on, are we talking about Q-Ball or Buzzwang? Buzzwang. No, Buzzwang's my problem, man. Q-Ball, not so much. Okay. The less of him they do, the better. So Q tells Buzz to take an inventory of the alien machinery that just arrived. He is not enthused. Then little Zack chimes in, and he's really into the idea of playing with alien stuff. So Q-Ball leaves to grab lunch, but not before warning them not to monkey around with the machines. Yeah, that's right. You tell the wannabe Galaxy Ranger robot and the kid of a cyborg <laughs> not to touch anything. Yeah, that's real bright there, Q-Ball. He knew something was going to happen. 
he probably didn't imagine it was going to be yeah, this bad. I know he didn't think it was going to be. He thought, uh, what's the worst that could happen? They get into a little bit of mischief and, you know, maybe break something. No. <laughs> it's much worse. <laughs> anyway, let's tell our story to the listener who hasn't seen this episode yet. Yes. Who's never heard of Galaxy Rangers. Yes. Q-Ball leaves to grab lunch, but not before warning not to monkey with the machines. Uh, then little Zack and Buzzwang concur in the most unconvincing way when he uh, tells them not to mess with the machines. Yeah. When they answered them, they they made like a weird noise. They didn't say yes. They just went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> she said, "Just go." <laughs> Zach was like, "I won't touch anything on the floor. I won't touch monkeys." <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, so little Zach—they sound like a rapper. Little Zach and, and Buzz Wang. <laughs> oh, I got a name for them, but it's coming up later. <laughs> okay, it sounds bad. Oh, now I'm excited. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> It's just nonsense. <laughs> All right. Uh, not far into their inventory, little Zach finds a mysterious device that he wants to monkey around with. So he ignores Buzz Wang's warnings as he walks off with the thing. Then a large object catches Buzz Wang's eye. It looks like an MRI machine. Buzz Wang decides that it needs a, wait for it, a tune-up. <laughs> I know. Well, this looks simple enough. Just needs a little tune-up. So he climbs into the thing, sexily. Can somebody tell me why Buzzwang is face down ass up? <laughs> <laughs> I think the animators had a little fun there. Yeah, name alone should have did it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so he's inside this thing fiddling with wires and stuff when it suddenly activates. It starts scanning him over and over again like some alien Xerox machine as he cries for help. And the wires are like holding him by the arms. Yeah. Little Zack runs over and starts pulling on Buzzwang's legs. He yanks off one of his feet, falling to the floor, which is littered with photocopies of Buzzwang's face. Each of them varies slightly from the last. This is where things go all like Akira. Remember Akira has that weird scene where the toys start coming to life and causing Tetsuo's brain to explode? Or something? Something. Yeah. The Buzzwang photocopies transform from paper... To actual duplicates of Buzz Wang's sexy self. I feel like this happened in some other cartoon. I'm not sure. Maybe it is derivative, but I don't know where it's from. So there are many versions of him, though. They're like halfling. Baby Buzz Wangs, if you will. There seems to be um, at least a dozen of them. At least. There could be like 15, maybe 20. Right. So little Zack is trying to get Buzz Wang out of the copier. And they're climbing all over the machine and discouraging him. They tell him he can't get out of there. Because they want to run off a couple thousand copies of themselves. Yes. That's exactly what they said. They say they want at least a couple thousand copies before he gets free. That sounded bad, dude. I was like, wait a minute. Buzzwang's arms are tangled up in that wiring, which seems to be ensuring that they'll get their wish for an android version of a gremlin's infestation. Right. So Buzz asks for a screwdriver and removes his own arms. Right. He wanted out. Bad. Don't be so touchy, Pop. I didn't tell you to get stuck in there. You know, I thought it was cool. He did it at the forearm for one, and then, like, he reached up and popped himself off at the shoulder. Good stuff. Yeah. He's the only, you know, autonomous thinking thing in the galaxy or in the universe, and it's just like, a little tug's going to pull off his foot, and a screwdriver can just, you know, take off limbs. You don't really have an idea of how unique he is until, like, later on in the episode. You don't really see any others 
that actually have real discussions with people and, and interacting and stuff. We have the AIs, right? Like Alma and GV, and they don't seem to have any real emotion. Alma is a, is not really emotional, but she's flirty. But only with Goose, though. Yeah, right. I think she has that uh, typical female trait. <laughs> where she's hot for goose. She's pre-programmed. <laughs> I'm sure he did it, too. He tuned her up. <laughs> I think Alma probably just started off neutral, and then she met Goose. <laughs> and she was like, ooh. <laughs> I know. So the little guys are sifting through the machines. Apparently, they're searching for something. Um, at the behest of somebody they refer to as the big guy. Then one of them calls his brothers over to Q-Ball's lab. He says that there are tons of new-looking machines in there. So armless, one-footed Buzzwang is not happy about that. Little Zack helps him to hop to Q-Ball's lab. The little Wangs are monkeying around with all the machines in the lab. <laughs> Buzzwang protests and immediately gets a helmet thrown on his head, knocking him down. The little Wangs. Then, <laughs> oh, I'm not done. Then, while fighting over the chessboard, two of the Wangs throw GV's monitor into a panel, which opens the way to the spacecraft hangar. So the little thieving bots pour out the doorway carrying the cue ball inventions they've plundered. They make their way to the nearest vessel, the Ranger Exploration Ship. This ship happens to have a glitchy AI that Doc has not finished working on. So the visual representation of this AI is appropriately a nut. <laughs> After a weird exchange, the baby wangs trick the AI into uh, giving them the password and thus full access to the ship. So Buzz and little Zack arrive just as the door shuts, and the AI ignores Buzzwang as he shouts the password Rutabaga repeatedly. The mini Wangs make the ship launch, but not before Nut AI tells Buzz and Little Zack the passwords to some of the other nearby ships. Yep. They were apparently not needed. Okay, from here on, I'm going to refer to the duo of Buzzwang and Little Zack as Zack Wang. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I'm too lazy to say both their names when they're pretty much together for the whole episode. So, Zack Wang jump into Ranger 1 and go after the Wee Wangs. I'm assuming it's Ranger 1. It's at least the same model, so I'll just call it Ranger 1 until the episode proves me wrong. Right, hey, or Rabbi Bob calls and corrects you. <laughs> Thanks, Rabbi Bob. So, wow, you're thanking him for correcting me ahead of time? I wanted to correct <laughs> you too, man, not just me. I wanted to share the love. Well, I mean, you know, you being corrected is kind of warranted because you're wrong so often. So, after being you know, discombobulated... <laughs> I really like that, or <laughs> I should be hurt. I'm kidding. Man. I'm and kidding. I, no, 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 you're not. That one stung, didn't it? A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. You know, uh, so some of us put it out there more than others, a little adventurous in our approaches to life. <laughs> and we find that we sometimes fall short on factual occurrences. It's all good, man. That doesn't mean we're bad people. No. We just... Love life so much, we just try stuff and say stuff. Okay? Okay? Is that all right? I accept you the way you are. Thank you. Even when you're wrong. Even when I'm... <laughs> so... You know that, that's, like, that's like saying... That's like resetting the conversation. All right. <laughs> all right. It's okay. So after being discombobulated by the little wangs in their stolen ship... Buzz Wang, is that you? You look distorted. Yeah, 10-4, Good Ranger. This is Wuzzbang. I mean, Buzzwam. Uh. The Beta Control crew try to stop Zack Wang. Buzzwang says he doesn't have time to follow procedures as little Zack reattaches his arms. 
backwards. <laughs> so Ranger 1 takes off in pursuit of the pint-sized pest. Cut to Ranger Exploration Ship. Nut is spilling his guts to the little wangs by way of Rodney Dangerfield-styled one-liners. Oh, I know, man. That's hilarious, dude. He was just saying stupid stuff. If there's one thing he needs, it's a computer psychologist. Okay. Can you imagine angry Doc walking with this thing? <laughs> It's like, Doc's not done with him. Doc's like, listen, you stupid. <laughs> oh, you know how it is. My mom was a garbage compactor. My dad was a forklift. That's how he picked mom up for dates. Nut AI is ignored as the little guys start singing badly in celebration of all the stuff they stole for the big guy. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Zach Wang are in hot pursuit. At this point, the music drowns out their dialogue, so I couldn't make out what they were saying. The- but they appeared to load the Nut AI onto the same screen as GV. Well, I can tell you what they said. Go ahead. They were talking a little bit about how they were trying to interface. Can you connect with the other ship? They basically hacked into the ship's AI. Yeah. But I might be wrong. We may never know because I could not understand that freaking dialogue. The sound mixing for this episode is horrendous at times. Right. And I'm going to complain about it later on as well. Yeah, so cut to cue ball in the cafeteria. He's only just now getting around to ordering his lunch. And what a lunch it is. He asked for corned beef with peanut butter on banana bread with pickles. Also known as a garbage sandwich. (laughs) No kidding, it is a garbage. Each of these items individually is rather tasty. But together, I think Q-Ball lost all his taste buds in an unfortunate lab accident. No kidding, it is a garbage sandwich. That is the best (laughs) way to put it. And he was insistent on having the pickles. Yeah. Don't forget my pickles. That's another thing, too. Why people handing out food when they could have it be like, you know, Star Trek, where you get like a food replicator? It was a machine that gave him his food, right? Was it? I can't remember, man. Yeah, it was like a food dispenser. Okay. When he said the pickles, he held the, the tray in front of the thing and it spit the pickles out. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Misremembering. No worries. And I just watched it. I think my problem was, and forgive me, listener, is how much I hate filler episodes. I do. <laughs> I really do. Do you think this was a filler episode? Yeah, man. I don't think it was a filler episode because they introduced a new villain that we'd never seen before. Come on, you know what? They did introduce him, but they could have done this so much better. I mean, a new villain and a new hero, actually, in addition to the team who you've seen before. We're jumping ahead. But he didn't do anything but stand around and hold He may not have had any lines before either. Oh, no, he did. He hit somebody with something. He had lines, and he also had a hero moment in that episode. But yeah. remember, don't forget me, Rangers! Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Oozing with self-assurance and masculinity, Q-Ball plops down next to Nico. Hi, Nico. <laughs> Incidentally, the first appearance of a Ranger in this episode, 12 minutes in. Well, that's not true. Didn't um, Zach call his son? No. Did that happen? No, no, Zach didn't really call his son. I just uh, <laughs> I said that as a joke. <laughs> No, man. I was like, I'm telling you, man, this is how bad I felt about this episode. I'm sitting there like, oh my, oh, please, can this end? Can something else happen? Where's Goose? Where's you would have liked it a lot better if Zach called them and chastised that been them. Great. I would have loved that, man. Or he said something snarky, man. That would have been perfect. Or angry Doc, like yelling at the computer. That would have been anything, awesome. Anything, anything angry. <laughs> yeah, the something. first appearance of a ranger in this episode. A solid 12 minutes in. That, I think, demonstrates writer John Rollins' confidence in Zach Wang's ability to carry an episode. Anyways, Nico tells him about Buzz Wang stealing Ranger 1. He had to be in a (laughs) trade the whole time. So, Q-Ball loses his shit. 
lets out a primal scream and flips the table, knocking his garbage sandwich to the floor. He takes off running. Nico, suddenly seeing Q-Ball in a different light, gets all hot for him and follows him. Gooseman who? <laughs> but the funny thing is, though, how long it took him to get his sandwich? Enough time for them to, like, get into all types of stuff. Yep. Make copies. He was, he was in the can the whole time. He's like, I'm going to get my lunch. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He had to clear out some space before he got his lunch. Yes, he did. He cleared out a full message. <laughs> so cut to Ranger 1. Zack Wang come out of hyperspace only to realize that they're on a collision course with an unknown planet. Both GV right. and Nut AI, who are sharing a monitor, freak out. Buzz Wang can't steer the ship to control their landing. Little Zack says something about disconnecting in order to regain control of the ship. Does he mean that Ooh. Nut AI has hijacked the controls? It's not entirely clear why the controls are jammed. Right, there's synchronization mm. going on. So the scene switches to the Ranger Exploration Ship, making a crash landing on the planet's surface, and then back to Ranger 1, who is also Ooh. about to make a crash landing. Zack Wang almost crashes well, but Buzz Wang suddenly regains control. It's still not clear what happened, why he regained control. So cut to cue ball whining, I mean growling in a manly fashion, about how he is disappointed in Buzz Wang. Nico points right. out that two ships are missing, and Q-Ball says his particle tracer will help them track the stolen ships. But wait, the particle tracer is gone, stolen by the micro-wangs. Speaking of whom, the scene switches back to show that, unfortunately, they survived the crash landing. They're eager to gather Q-Ball's inventions and deliver them to the big guy. As they exit the wrecked ship, they see the big guy's vehicle approaching. It's a purple curvy craft, and it is beautiful. Not sure if it can fly in space, but damn, it is a sexy ship. Yes, it is, dude. That was one of my high points, man. See Which immediately leads to the low point. It's coming up. The canopy opens, and the big guy jumps out. Yeah. It's a dude wearing a trench coat. I know. <laughs> He's sporting a porn stash and has a white stripe along the top of his head. <laughs> like some kind of creepy skunk flasher. <laughs> it's a porn stash. And a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> a bionic monocle. Bionicle. He's a reject from Hogan Heroes. <laughs> He's also got a cyborg eye and a bionic hand. Possibly his whole arm, I'm not sure yet. But he's really stoked about the crashed Ranger spacecraft and its Andorian hyperdrive. Right. The teeny wangs are bowing in reverence to him and offering the goodies they pilfered. In unison, they say, all hail Lazarus Slade. And then he repeats his name seconds later in case you missed it the right. first time. With the maniacal laugh after. <laughs> so... Yep. Now the World Federation won't stand a chance against Lazarus Slade. <laughs> so just then, Zack Wang do a flyby over Slade and his little robot fan club. Probably not the best decision Buzz Wang has made recently. Right. As Pepulous Cyborg demonstrates by firing lasers from his ship. So the lasers go through Ranger 1's cockpit. But they're not dead. How can this be? They must have, like, the shields activated, right? Mm. Wrong. GV tells Buzz Wang that shields can't be activated after that hit. Okay, so Zack Wang are lucky to be alive after a hit like that without shields active, right? They couldn't possibly survive another shot like that. Wrong! The next shot goes straight through Ranger 1's fuselage, so they don't blow up. My thing is, though, man, yeah. you wouldn't think that automatic shields would be something that people have on all the time. Shields on. You turn on the car, the lights come on automatically. They haven't thought of that yet. I guess not, man. 
Okay, so they don't blow up as one would be correct in expecting, but weapon systems are down now as well. Little Zack asks if the harpoon gun is working. It is. So they do another flyby, this time harpooning Slade's beautiful ship. They completely wreck it! Yes, they do. Bastards. I know. So this forces Slade to eject. He cackles the entire time as his ejection seat falls to pieces, leaving him wearing a jetpack, which he uses to land safely. Ranger 1 can't stay airborne and lands as well. So Slade orders the Pee-wee Wang Gang to fetch Zack Wang. I hope you're following, listener. So, cut to Q-Ball and Nico. I spelled Q-Ball B-A-W-L because he is boo-hooing the whole time about all the stuff the little jerks stole and broke. I know. A couple of things, though, that kind of stood out for me. You said she saw Q-Ball in a new light. I said that kind of facetiously, man. I think she did, though. There was some something that hit off that she wanted to use, and he found it in piece. He was like, in this piece, in this piece. I'm not sure where they put that to recharge her implant, but it's not a charging chamber. I get what you're saying. Okay. So if the thing was complete, then you're wondering how it would have like... uh, Yes. Gotcha. It probably like jams into the back of their head like the Matrix. Right. (laughs) You said the right words. Jam. (laughs) Jam. So Nico offers to use her psychic powers to help figure out where they went. Q-Ball says okay, but she'll need to charge her implant first. He immediately finds out that his portable charger was broken. How did he know she was out of juice? He didn't ask the question. He just said it like, their second charger is depleted. Yeah, but he's kind of in charge of all their tech. That's true. Including their implants. I I know that, man, but still, you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. He probably knows, yeah, I I am. I'm supposing quite a bit. Yep. Uh, But he probably knows that the procedure is, if you're not on duty, you're not charged. Okay, go with that. Which is why they get charged before each mission. That's true. Yep. It's probably costly. That's probably why, too. I forgot where I was. Got it. He immediately finds out that his portable charger was broken, meaning Nico will have to use the main charging platform located way back in the opening credits. (laughs) (laughs) So back at Ranger 1, the baby Wangs climb the landing gear and sneak aboard. Zack Wang estimate repairs to take about an hour just before a swarm of Wangs burst into the cockpit and overtakes them. Um, as ordered, they delivered Zack Wang to Slade. He gloats for a few seconds, giving them time to put his flasher trench back on him. Another maniacal laugh. Okay, so the sound mix at this point skews heavily towards the music again. Like, this is the worst it's been in 12 episodes. When you don't notice the sound mixing, that's when you know it's perfect. Right. Anyways, from what I could tell, Slade seems tickled to have captured the son of Zachary Fox. Even bringing up his cryocomatose mother, Eliza. I wonder what your father will do when he discovers he's lost his son as well as his wife. He's got little Zack hemmed up by the collar. Then he turns his attention to Buzzwang, saying that he's the most valuable of all cue balls inventions. How so? We'll get back to that in a second. So Slade reveals that he planned the whole thing by letting Beta pick up his replicating device. Then he hints at his endgame, saying that Buzz Wang has access to all of Beta's computers. Mm. So Little Zack protests, and Slade cocks back his bionic fist. Whoa! It's one thing for a grown man to punch a kid in the face, but to build them with a metal mechanical fist? No joke, man. Didn't do it. So he's got his fist reeled back, and this causes the Wee Wangs to jump to Little Zack's and their pop's defense. Slade kicks them away and reminds them who's in charge. Mm-hmm. Then he demands that Buzz Wang give him the code for the beta computers, or he'll bionically crush little Zack's windpipe. Right. That's pretty dark, man. It is. 
So Buzzwank says okay, but first orders the Miniwangs to bring Little Zack into the ship. Something about the code he's about to give to Slade being top secret. Mm-hmm. So the metal ropes, I say ropes in quotes, restraining Buzzwang light up and retract, leaving the Little Wang beside him holding a glowing rectangular block. That's like an interesting bit of throwaway tech. Yeah. It behaves kind of like Wonder Woman's lasso in the movies. Anyways, once Little Zack is clear, Buzzwang opens his belt buckle, <laughs> revealing glowing circuitry inside. Lazarus Slade licks his chops in anticipation Slade. of getting that sweet, sweet code. Buzzwang. Then Buzzwang glows super bright and like explodes. Right. I think oh. he explodes. I don't know. Everything goes white. So the scene cuts to a close-up of Nico's purple eye. Her eyes being purple, if you remember, indicates that she's actively using her psychic powers. Mm-hmm. Normally, her eyes are green. We zoom out to see that she's at the copier with Q-Ball, and they're looking at Buzzwang's arms that were stuck in the copier. Nico says that Zack Wang are in real trouble. Buzzwang and little Zack are in real trouble, Q-Ball. Just then, everybody at the hangar are reacting to a ruckus. Mm-hmm. Ranger 1 has returned. Q-Ball runs out to meet it, leaving Nico behind. Just then the readout on the evil Xerox machine's screen says copier ready. So Ranger 1's door opens to reveal a handcuffed Lazarus Slade with little Zack holding him prisoner. Right. A security guy immediately takes custody of Slade. Q-Ball is over the moon happy when he runs past them and discovers all his inventions are aboard Ranger 1. So little Zack says, Something I've got to do! And then he darts toward the lab, pulling his gun. Trigger happy little Zack, baby. So it, it's in his blood? Yes. <laughs> trigger happy. Or is it? Jay, have you ever noticed how Zack and Eliza both have dark hair? Yeah. Yet both of their kids are blonde? Hmm. What other character in the show is blonde? Do you think it's too late for them to appear on Maury? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. You are not the father. <laughs> then Zachary runs through the audience yelling, I told you! I told you! Giving high fives to everybody. Right. That would be hilarious. <laughs> At least I think that's how it goes. I've never seen that show. anyways uh little zach arrives at the lab his gat at the ready and he sees nico tangled up in the evil xerox machine's wires like buzzwang was in the beginning right he shoots the shit out of it blowing it up (laughs) and rescuing nico so cut to ranger one cue ball discovers buzzwang is in pieces and out of commission nico and little zach are right behind him little zach says that buzz sacrificed himself to save him then cue ball holds Buzzwang's head like in Hamlet. I know. He even sounds like a... Was it to be almost... Yeah, he says like a line from Hamlet. Alas, poor Buzzwang, something like that. Yeah, I knew him well. Uh, stop. So uh, cut to cue ball addressing a crowd, saying that he's rebuilt Buzzwang better than ever. Just like, I'm looking at him like, you know, you, you want to see new cool stuff? Yeah, no, he looks the same. Nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Like, don't say better than ever if it looks the same, okay? Exactly. There better be some, like, you know, little panels that open up. Iron Man. That crowd that he's addressing, by the way, is a who's who of 80s anime references. That's true. Did you notice That's that? That's true. Yes, yes, I did. Rabbi Bob posted the image of the crowd pan. Oh, yeah? And I only got three of the references, but I'm sure there were a lot more. There was some Macross, like Robotech references. Okay, I got to look at it now. Guyver. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I forgot what the third one was that I got. Anyway, what's the crowd doing there, right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what's the occasion? Why is everybody gathered? Handlebars approaches Buzzwang, 
Buzz immediately starts groveling. Uh, Commander, sir, I can explain everything. This tells me that the beta personnel have, like, probably been abusing him for years. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> but not this time. This time, Handlebars awards Buzz with a badge. Mm -hmm. Not the backhand he was expecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's finally a real boy. That's right, you robot. I mean, finally a Galaxy Ranger. Uh, that's right. So Goose and Big Zack pick Buzz Wang up on their shoulders as Nico watches. Meanwhile, in the cheering crowd, Doc is with Little Zack, and he says he can't figure out how Little Zack was able to capture Slade after Buzz blew himself up. Right. <laughs> so Little Zack says that he had a little help. Yeah. Wow. Cut to the crashed Ranger Exploration ship, you know, on that strange planet. The Semi-Wangs cheer as they answer a VidCom call from Buzz Wang. Hey, Pop made it! I guess we're okay after all. And then they break into song. Yeah. Again, right. poorly. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, hold on. Cut to the lab. Q-Ball is cussing out little Zack for destroying the evil Xerox machine <laughs> before it was able to produce at least one copy of Nico. Just one copy, please. This is what I know, man. And... Dun -dun 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 -dun. Oh, I, I can't. I hated <laughs> this episode. Hated it. Oh, come on. No, nah, man. I mean, some of the stuff you were talking about sounded more fun. I was like, come on. <laughs> of course, you know, all the things you do, rebuild a robot, could make it better, faster, stronger, a $6 million man thing. Yep. Add some weapons. Plus, man, it would be Iron Man. Yeah, he could have, like, outfitted him with all kinds of weapons and stuff. Or armor. All types of fun stuff. Or just make it so you can't dismantle him with a simple Phillips head screwdriver. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Or so his foot doesn't just fall off. Like, it can't just get pulled off. Which it did. And screwdrivers can remove other... And, and put them back on, too. Yeah. It's crazy. Zach is with a screwdriver. It's Zach putting his arms back on. I can't imagine Zach dismantling his bionics with a screwdriver. Well, little Zach was doing Oh, I thought you meant like a... No, no, no. He was... They showed him in the hospital, I thought, in the first or second episode. I actually... I don't remember the hospital visit, man. I, I don't feel remember like, being you know, in the that might be me mixing up animation too, man. I don't even remember him getting injured. He got shot right before he got in the show. He got shot in the body. He just kind of went and went. Oh, I see. And I don't think it made enough sense that for him to actually be, you know, totally have his whole body replaced. Yeah. Well, unless it was really bad. Like, to the point where they got to lop it off. We got to cut off your arm, your leg, your whole left side, basically. Your whole left side being replaced with cybernetic. Your left ass cheek has to be removed. That's right. <laughs> I got guns in my butt. That's... <laughs> I don't recall Zach having a holster. Every time I see him holding a gun, there isn't it? He has a holster. He doesn't have the dual quick draw holsters like Goose, but I think he has the right side holster like Doc. Okay. Angry Doc. I guess he's feeling kind of thankful, though, because he doesn't have to work on that ship anymore. That a-hole AI. That's why he was so quiet about it. That AI was a jerk off. Oh, man. He that. <laughs> it's just a whole lot of unlikes right now, except for that sh I will say, Slade's ship show up was, was absolutely nice. I was like, good design. Bro. That was a beautiful ship. All right, let's close it out then. Okay. Okay, listener, that was Tuned Up. And next episode, we're going to be doing episode 13 titled Space Sorcerer. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. We'll give you our cassette collections. Too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things. But then it's all eight tracks. High fidelity. Visit our website, series6podcast.com. The number six, 
Hear Me Talk Toys with three of my fellow audio nights on the Figure Nights Theater podcast. That's at FKT Podcast. Send us feedback. You can email us at galaxyrangers at email.com. That's galaxyrangers, no space, at email, not Gmail, E. Because are you not entertained? We've been your host. I'm RD. And I'm Jay. And we'll see you next time. Disengage your freaking hyperdrives. Bye. Bye. Later. It is the 31st century. Ulysses killed the giant Cyclops when he rescued the children and his son Telemachus. But the ancient gods of Olympus are angry and threaten a terrible revenge. Mortals, you defy the gods? I sentence you to travel among unknown stars. Until you find the kingdom of Hades, your bodies will stay as lifeless as stone. Ulysses, the way back to Earth has been wiped from my memory. Father! Oh, Father! You are alive, my son. But you know